Welcome back to the Reading and Writing Podcast. I'm joined on the podcast today by Dwayne Worrell, author of the new novel, Androne. Dwayne not only writes novels, but he's an accomplished screenwriter and producer in Hollywood. He's written movies, The Wall, and National Treasure, Edge of History, and he's also written for several TV series as well. Karen Osborne wrote about the novel, Dwayne Worrell's Androne straps you into the cockpit at page one and doesn't let go. It's a truly cinematic, character-centered, Mobius strip of war. Loyalty and love with action so good, you might forget how to breathe. Dwayne, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Jeff. And what, what a great introduction. I, I, I barely recognize myself. Thank you very much. <laughs> If someone hasn't yet heard about your novel, Androne, how would you describe the novel? Uh, Androne is a science fiction, military fiction thriller about drone pilots and specifically Androne pilots. In this near future, drones aren't just flying in the air. They're also on land. And our protagonist is, a, is an Androne pilot, and this is a bipedal two arms, two legs, built in our image drone. And he is piloting this drone in a war that he doesn't quite understand. He starts to investigate this war a little bit, who they're actually fighting out there, and he uncovers something very frightening. So that's very quickly, generally, what the novel is about. And do you remember the original idea or impetus that led you to writing the novel? I can't quite remember exactly. I do remember it was a situation where I wanted to make a science fiction film about generational divides and just really wanted to see some very cool mech fights in these androns. Um, those were some of the first ideas that came to me when I when I started thinking about writing this novel. And did you do any research about uh, drone warfare? I did. I did. Um, I have a brother who's in the military, and he can't tell me too much. Uh, mm -hmm. He does work on aircraft and whatnot. So I got what I could out of him, and I also did my own research um, online, just trying to learn the progression of drones in warfare and how much more, well, what the future of, of drone combat is likely to be. Yeah, it's really interesting. I, I recently read uh, a military thriller, not related to your book, but mm. um, it had tons of uh, info in there, which I think, you know, a lot of that was very fact-based, but, you know, projected a few years in the future. And it's pretty amazing when you think about it. It's not just the flying drones. They're working on submersibles, yes. uh, autonomous submarines, and lots of other things. So it's pretty wild. Um some so you, some of which are being used in Ukraine right now. They're they're right. using those aquatic sort of drones, those boat drones, uh, sort of as kamikaze um, instruments to uh, damage Russian ships. So yeah, they're the future is here. They're 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 being used right now. Well, I think you alluded to this earlier. Did Androne start out as a screenplay first for you? It, I didn't write it as a screenplay, but I did pitch it. Um, around 2017 as a screenplay. And I went around to a lot of the major studios, Warner Brothers, Amazon, and production houses, and I was pitching this idea 
And most of them were like, you know, no, we are more interested in superhero movies, but thank you. Um, <laughs> and I, you know, I went home and I was just like, you know, I really love this story. I think it's really cool. So instead of writing it as a screenplay, I decided then to write it as a novel. Was Andron the first novel that you had written? Yes, it is the first full-length and finished novel that I've written. I think finished is the the key word there. Um, I had started a few novels before, uh, quite a few. I think I've started three novels that I never finished. Uh, but this one is the story that I, I, I pushed through. I pushed through the writer's block. I pushed through the little plot holes and, and difficulties that I have writing and made it through to the finish line. And um, yeah, this is my first official novel. Can you tell us about your original writing journey? As I mentioned, you're a very accomplished screenwriter for both film and TV. And, you know, some people struggle to get into the business. Can you tell us how you first started, um, got interested in writing? And then, you know, second, how you kind of took that, you know, interest and and made it into the industry? Sure, sure. Um I started writing, I guess, when I, when I went to college. I went to Georgia State University, and that's when I, I, I got that writing itch, that writing bug, and I, I didn't know what type of writing I would do. So I was writing plays. I was writing short stories. I was writing a little bit of everything. Um, I never went anywhere in college. I ended up graduating with a theater, theater degree in dra dramaturgy. And I went overseas after that, and I lived in China for quite a few years. Um, while I was in China, I worked as a translator in Beijing, um, translating Mandarin. But I was also writing on the side, and I, I was writing, again, everything. And eventually started to find that screenplays and teleplays um, were the direction that I wanted to go in. So I focused in on those. And I wrote a lot of screenplays that ended up in a corner of my um, a corner of my computer hard drive. <laughs> like no one ever read it, no one was interested. Um, but then around 2014, and again, this is probably eight years of writing. Um, two of my screenplays. Uh, were sold back in the United States. I'd been in China for eight years, um, and I was like, you know, with the, with those two sales, I, I got the attention of some agents at CAA, and I decided, okay, now is the time to head back to the United States, move to Los Angeles, and um, try to start a career here in screenwriting and television writing. Well, screenplays are a very structured form. What was it like for you to move from that form to a novel? Were you someone that when you were working on the novel, did you uh, outline extensively and have all of the beats down before you wrote uh, word one? That's an interesting question. Yes, um, I. it was a bit of a transition. And for me, the transition was less structure and more scope. The novel is, it's, it's a monster as far as how much words are on the page. If you look at a screenplay, it's formatted mostly with dialogue. And it's, I think, 10 pages of a screenplay might be two pages of a novel. 
And screenplays are generally 100 to 120 pages. So writing, moving from that to writing a three, 400 page novel um, was, it was a challenge. Um, so that was my biggest challenge. And I think that in writing the novel, I, um, I had a lot of fun. I, it was very freeing to write whatever I wanted, however I wanted. So that was, um, that was the advantage, I think, in writing the, uh, in novel form. Well, I noticed a news article from last year that you would be working as part of a film deal with film companies and creatives from the Philippines, U.S., and Hong Kong. What's the status of those movies? Yep. Um, and that's the thing about the film industry. It's never finished. It's never a deal until they cut you a check. <laughs> um, it's still in the works. It's still in development. Um, a lot of great people are working on it. Um some of them friends of mine and, you know, they're all working hard to get it done, but it's a difficult time for the film industry right now. It really is. Sure. And um, I think the strike and everything else has put a lot of stuff on hold right now. Gotcha. And do you, do you personally see an end to the strike or hope for the, an end? I mean, I'm, I'm not just hoping I'm praying and begging for an end to the strike. Um, but I think it will come soon. Um, hopefully by the time this podcast is on the air, it is it is finished. Um, the, the, the studios are in recent weeks have sort of come to the table and they've been negotiating a little bit. So I, I'm mm -hmm. hopeful that in the next couple of weeks we can get something done. Got it. Well, what writing advice would you offer for those who are listening who may be working on their own screenplays, stories, or novels? I think for me, and I, I can talk about my journey a little bit and, and how the, the, the things that worked for me were joining a writing group first, some sort of arena where you are surrounded by 10 other people who are also writing and, and struggling to, to make it into the industry, whether it be in novels or screenplays or television, because being in that community, you learn so much from other people's struggles and other people's experience, but it also puts you in a mindset where writing is a real thing. For a very long time, I wasn't part of a writing community and writing was this far off distant thing that I never was able to that I thought I would never be able to um, accomplish. And fortunately, I got into a writer's group and being around those people helped me a lot, just mentally being in that space, but also being able to critique others and others critiquing you is also very helpful. So learning from others in a, in a sort of writer's group community, whether it's online or in your own neighborhood, is always a great thing. Um, but in addition to that, I would say just keep keep writing and keep reading. Read the stuff that you want to write and keep writing. It doesn't happen with your first screenplay. It doesn't happen with your second screenplay. So if you've written one or two screenplays, I would say keep going because it's, it's tough. And um, there's a lot of competition out there. You're competing with tens of thousands of people. So keep writing and... Um, eventually something will hit. That's great. When you were talking earlier, were you submitting those um, screenplays to CAA from, from China? 
No, because agencies oh, okay. like CAA, WME, they don't accept um, unsolicited unsolicited rights. So what I did, and thank you for actually mentioning that, because here's another piece of advice on the screenwriting side. Competitions are a great way to get your screenplays into in 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 the faces of people who who make decisions. Mm-hmm. So the Austin Screenplay Festival, the Nickel Fellowship. Um, these are great ways to one work on your craft, but also get them out there, get these screenplays out there. And CAA WME agents are at the Nickel Fellowship, are at the Austin Screenplay Festival, reading these screenplays. So these contests are a great way to go. That's great. Thanks for mentioning those. Are you working on another novel now? Yes. So I am working on a sequel to um, Androne, the first novel. The sequel is called Alliance. And that's where my head is at right now. That's the mountain that I am climbing at this moment um, is working on the sequel to Androne. Well, obviously you're there kind of in the midst of Hollywood as we talked about the strike and, and the movies that you have had produced that you've written um, and you you mentioned, uh, you know, in passing about Andron and pitching it in 2017. And the response was we're looking for uh, superhero movies. And, you know, I think it's kind of up for debate as to whether we've seen the peak yet. Um, you mm. know, I, I would argue that, you know, I don't think I don't think we necessarily have. Right. Um, you know, when you see the the box office for, you know, the two uh, uh, Avengers movies, um yeah. But but I was going to say, I mean, obviously there's, you know, somewhat of a pullback. And I'm I'm curious, do you think that, you know, in the short term, say in the next two to three years, that that there will be more of a space for, let's say, smaller non-superhero movies? I hope so. And and a lot of superhero movie fans take this the wrong way. They think we're assaulting um, mm-hmm. superhero movies. And that's not that it not that at all. I enjoy I would say some superhero films. Um, it's just that they take up so much space and don't allow for original um, ideas, original um, story ideas. Um, but there's not a shortage of it. There are a lot of writers out there who have original screenplays that just aren't getting read because studios are looking for maximum profit and maximum profit comes from sure things like an Avengers movie. Sure. So, I, so I don't. I agree with you. I don't think we've seen the peak of it. I think though there's been a lull. Um, studios are still trying to get back to the Avengers level events. So they're they're going to look at the next Avengers movies and see when the, all the superheroes come back together again, whether or not it will give them those billion dollar, two billion dollar box offices. So I don't think we've seen a lull yet, but I'm hoping that we start to see another Matrix, another Star Wars, another new original um, story that is interesting and exciting for audiences. Sure. I know that uh, Snyder is controversial, but I did see the trailer for Rogue Moon over the weekend. That looks pretty mm. good. It looks it looks great. It looks great. I'm looking forward to it. I am too. I, I was kind of surprised when the person whipped out what I would consider a, a lightsaber. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised he, he didn't get into much trouble for that. Um, yeah, being yeah. that 
there was it was supposed to be a Star Wars movie originally. Right. Um, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I wonder, I mean, on that note, um, I, I wonder, do you think that there might be a renaissance um, coming uh, in terms of, you know, really, really micro movies along the lines there were in the 90s, like uh, Richard Rodriguez's, I think it was El Mariachi, and then mm -hmm. um, Kevin Smith's Clerks. Do you think that, you know, in the interim until, you know, superheroes have made their peak and we get back to original IP, do you think that there might be a renaissance of smaller movies? I think there is space for that. And the reason why I say that is right now, everyone is worried about cost. Everyone is crying and screaming about the cost of films. And when I say everybody, not just the writers and the producers, but also um, the studio heads. The studios are, Disney is talking about how much these TV shows and films are costing and they're so concerned and worried about it. Um, so making films with a smaller budget is a way to sort of cut um, to avoid having to make a hundred million at the box office. If you make ten million dollars off of a movie that costs a million or two, <laughs> you can sort of break even in, in that sense. So, sure, I think there is definitely um, a space for it, and I mean, I'm hopeful. Although I will say, I think a lot of those films will probably end up on streaming and not in the cinema. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what novels have you read recently that you enjoyed? Oh, you hit me with a tough one. Um, I have read some novels recently. I did not enjoy them that much. Um, and it's just it's just bad luck. I've been on a bad luck streak of novels um, that I, they weren't horrible, but I can't say that I really, really like them. So I will answer your question in, a, in the wrong way. I, I will answer some novels that I read a while ago that I love. Oh, that's fine. Um, I read a while ago, but Dan Simmons is um, Hyperion. Mm -hmm. um, I believe that that book is so good. And it, it blew me away. And that's actually what got me into wanting to write a book. After listening, so I listened to the audio book while I was in China. And this is not an exaggeration. I would be on the subway line in, in Beijing. The subway is the way to go. Don't don't drive. Mm -hmm. Take the subway. So I'm in the subway. I have to go to work. I'm listening to this this audiobook. And like two hours later, I wake up and I'm like, where where am I? I would just I would just forget where I am and keep going on the subway. They were so incredibly good. Um, so incredibly strong. Those um uh, that novel. So Hyperion um, is a great, great science fiction novel um, that I love. And I'll also mention Clear North's uh, The First 15 Lives of Harry August is also one of my favorite novels. It's a unique concept, science fiction concept, and a great thriller as well. A lot of great big ideas in that. Um, I really enjoyed that as a read as well. That's great. Well, I, I, you know, coming back to 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 screenwriting in, in Hollywood, I know that, um, uh, and I don't follow it as, as you know as closely as probably you do. But isn't there like a list that comes out every year called the blacklist? Yes. In your time in Hollywood, what's kind of the the best unproduced screenplay that you've read that you thought, <laughs> wow? 
you know why I laugh? I laugh because I was on the blacklist in <laughs> in 2014 or 15. I can't remember which year it was. Gotcha. Anyway, um, so I, I I can't say my screenplay, but um, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's tough. I I don't read the uh, the blacklist too often. Gotcha. Um, so I can't say. I've only seen the ones that were that have been made. Um, I do have a friend of mine um, who his name is Murray. He's a South African guy. He wrote this, um, and I met him in China. He wrote the screenplay that is amazing, an amazing, amazing concept, still unproduced. So to Murray, this is shout out to Murray. Um, <laughs> keep keep working on that screenplay, man. It's it's really great, and um, yeah, that that's that's something that should be produced. Great. Well, where can people find you online if they'd like to learn more about you and your new novel, Andron? Yes, um, you can find me easily, most easily at my website, which is Um, But I'm also on Twitter and Instagram at DOA Worrell, um, DOA underscore Worrell, or at Dwayne Worrell, um, and that's on Instagram, so... Thank you, Jeff. I appreciate it. Great. Well, again, we've been speaking to Dwayne Worrell, author of the new novel, Androne. The novel is available now, so go buy a copy. And Dwayne, thanks for doing this interview. Thank you so much, Jeff, and uh, appreciate everyone for listening. Thank you. Absolutely. Say goodbye your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.